Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Gare here. We're back with season eight, episode ten of our weekly P and Q and C and A and T videos, which I recently have gone back into saying that, despite the fact that we've changed the name to Q and A. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, uh, but any Q and A videos, we we've got a couple of stuff that we want to talk about first. First off, if you're watching the video and you're not on the podcast uh, yeah. audio only version, yeah, uh, you can see that as promised last week, we've got. The video of you skipping. So here's a couple of things I just, and I didn't realize it would be such a problem because I'm, I'm, you know, you, you go into something like YouTube, you see these features, edit, and you can blur out faces and whatever. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, oh, that's pretty cool. Two sort of practical problems. The first one is uh, it takes hours, literally. Like, I think it took the first attempt, the first pass through on this took probably about six hours before mm -hmm. it put back some, put out some, some kind of uh, a usable video and what you were saying made a lot of sense right because it takes a certain amount of processing power to when you're when you're actually asking the software to map out what to blur and then to blur it yeah um but and then to to take video to edit a video and then to re-export the video but it didn't do a very good job of it so there's a bunch of places so it tells you are these faces and these are the things that you can actually blur and one of the things it picked was my shoe so, um, and then when, when it was done, there was a bunch of places where, um, the, it was not following the head properly. It was not following the head properly. So it would be, it would have the blur spot and then it would f sort of shift around as the head and, and out of sync with it. Yeah. So <laughs> lagging behind. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it, it didn't turn out well, so I, you know, and I thought maybe I'd just do another pass-through and see if it does, and it just wouldn't get any better. So then I tried using software, and there was, I think it was maybe like a couple of years ago, Sony Vegas had a deal on their software. It was like cheap. It was like a humble bundle, I think. So yeah. I picked it up for like 25 bucks, and I started using it, and it is complicated, man. Yeah, a lot it, of those programs are super complicated so if you have just one person walking through a screen and you want to just blur their face that's not bad it does a pretty good job of tracking i did not realize and if i had i might have changed the way i filmed this that the first couple minutes where i'm setting myself up and adjusting yeah. things every time I, my face goes off the my body goes off the screen it messes up the tracking I mean, you could have just cut that out i guess i could have um yeah i probably should have that would have been easier <laughs> wouldn't it but it was just, I guess, what, what because of how long it takes to actually get set up, I think the first two minutes don't really count. I mean, there's times where I trip and I stop like this, right? And I think as long as they don't, as long as I'm not taking a break, I'll still count it. But the beginning was really setting up and I, I sort of, I don't even know what I was thinking at the time. I think I was thinking that maybe it, it, it doesn't really count, but I wanted to make sure that you understood that there was still something happening before it actually started, right? Like, I don't know. It make, it doesn't make sense. In retrospect. Not. In retrospect, it makes no sense. It made some sense at the time. Yeah. And so... Um, you <laughs> it was a lot more work than I thought it was. And I guess, but, and, but it's like a lot of other things too now as, and this ties into some other questions, right? I want to just mm -hmm. be able to prove that I could, because I, did I mention this last time at one point I, for a few years, actually, I was skipping rope with 22 pounds. Then I did 20, uh, I thought, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. I went up to 24. Didn't last very long. There was some sort of different, like a really significant line I was crossing when I hit 24 pounds. Yeah. Um, and so I backed off to 22, did it for a few more years. And then after a while, I, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't even manage the 22. And this is 20, 20 pounds worth of weights. And I think if you weigh the vest, 
Um, it's at least a pound or so. So yeah. um, it's still a significant amount of weight, but it's not even close to what I've ever been able to do. And part of me feels like at some point I'm even going to be losing this. And I wanted some sort of, it's not tangible proof because you can't touch it, but some sort of way to mark it, right? To just show that that I could do it. Mm-hmm. I know it's not that important, but it's sort of like, um, I don't know. I, if the word will come to me later, but let's. I think we're spending too much time on it. Yeah. But I did want to mention that, that there were a few viewers who were um, good enough to participate in making guesses. Yeah, and so we'll read out their names and their guesses now. So thank you for actually participating. So uh, first was El- or Elden Rose. Who guessed eighteen minutes and thirty-two seconds? So we weren't—we won't count the first two minutes, I guess, right? Because that's where stuff is happening. Your stuff is actually technically not happening. Yeah. Uh, Super Slade with two S's. Super Slade guessed twenty-three minutes and thirteen seconds. Very precise. These guesses so far. That's fun, though. I do. Uh, yeah, I know because there's a chance it's like Price is Right. Yeah. So, without the penalty for going over. But well, there is a penalty for going over, which is that we'll publicly deride you. <laughs> In front of God and everyone. 50. Well, I guess that the only real hard limit is in today's video is like, it won't go over 54 minutes, right? Or maybe yeah. well, all right, that's the footage we've got so far. It'll be whatever the amount of footage we have in this video is what you, the hard limit you can't go over. And you know that before you go. Yeah. Uh, Drake Pendragon uh, guessed 30 minutes. Uh, Gabriel Porras guessed uh, 40 minutes. and Approximately. About, yeah, about 40 minutes. And Drake Pendergan also had a comment. I suggest taping your ankle and skipping rope. It will help from twisting ankles. So here's the other thing too. I mentioned last week the reason why it it, it was it was more of an immediate concern that hadn't bothered me before was I'd injured my ankle not from skipping. Mm-hmm. I actually don't even know what I had a pain in my ankle, and it's the wrong part of the ankle. So when you when you um, twist your ankle, it's usually on the outside of your ankle, right? Yeah. Because you you, you invert your foot. And it just forces, like when you land on it, it just twists inside and it rips, it potentially rips the, the ligaments on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do it the other way because it jams into the bone. So having pain on the inside of your ankle, like a mechanical pain is really hard. Yeah. And so I don't know what happened. It wasn't just painful to skip. It was painful to walk. I had trouble walking for at least a week. And it took me, so I had to stop skipping for a while. And then I had to build back up to this again. And once I built back up to it, I thought, ah, while you're here. While I'm here, is I, who knows when the next thing's going to hit me. So I guess, because I, I've been doing this for since, okay, so this has been 2003. So I've been skipping rope for about 17 years. I've never had an ankle injury from skipping. And this is probably the first time I've had a injury that was bad enough to stop me skipping, never mind stop me walking a bit. Yeah. So I don't think, I, I appreciate the advice. I appreciate the the sentiment behind it as as being helpful i just don't think i'm going to be doing doing anything because if anything my ankles the muscles i have around the ankles are normally pretty strong that's why i can do pistol squats right so that's a squat where you stick one foot in front of the other yeah squat down on one leg and push right back up because you really need to have a good stable ankle your knee only moves in one plane your hip moves in a bunch of planes your ankle does too so Mm -hmm. you've got to have reasonable muscles around your hip reasonable uh, muscles around your ankle uh, besides the, the squatting power, because the, the amount of squatting power you actually need to do pistol squats is relatively low mm-hmm. threshold. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate the idea. I just, if, if the skipping had been the cause of it, I'd probably stop skipping. Like it's not worth the whole idea. I think to me at this age is to exercise 
to stay healthy and to stay as able as possible, not to, I mean, let's face it. I'm, I'm not worried about looking good anymore. I'm not worried about, um, those kinds of the, the appearance benefits of working out. I'm more worried about, I want to make sure I don't get this. That, that's the scariest thing. I'm more scared of being disabled than I am of dying, mm. which is, it's not something I could have imagined, say, when I was your age. Yeah. So, um, I guess hopefully that'll be the last time. It was just such a surprise. It was just out of the blue. I have still have no idea what happened. So there we go. That's yeah. our uh, eight and a half minutes of skipping talk. I have one other update in my life, and it's not a positive one. Um, it, it That makes it sound worse than it is. Uh, but this weekend, I was watching the Mabim Bam live show. Yeah. They were did a live version of the podcast. So it was quite fun. Uh, worth doing. But um, I, I went down to the basement to get myself a drink. Yeah. Uh, I was going to probably have like a, a pop or a soda for Americans. Um, a fizzy drink. Uh, but there was nothing in the fridge, so I decided to go with uh, just whatever we had refrigerated, which happened to be a hard apple rhubarb cider. And I didn't realize how much of a commitment I was making um, to uh, future aspects of my life because partway through the live show, I accidentally knocked it over into my mechanical keyboard, oh. and I spilled a not insignificant amount of um, <laughs> hard cider into my uh, my keyboard. And so now... I I did my best to clean it out, but unfortunately, what's ended up happening is so there there's two types of things in the mechanical keyboard. There's the switches themselves, right? Which um, you know, like actually operate the, the keystrokes, yeah. That that have the the part that clicks and right. the part that actually receives your input, and then on the bigger keys. They have these sort of guides to either side. I don't right. know what the technical term is, but they just sort of keep it on. So if you think right, about so the keep space it bar, evenly, yeah, because there's only one switch there, yeah, but it's a huge bar across. So if you press on one side and it's uneven, it might not actuate the switch properly. Yeah, and you know you'd be wearing out the plastic of the actual part in the middle. So they've got the two guides. So the switches clean out relatively easily, and it's a little bit harder to get stuff in there because they're right. right situated in the middle under the keycap. Right. But those guides on the side don't have nearly as much stuff built up around them, right. aren't nearly as protected. So all of my other keys, I took off like half my keycaps one by one and, you know, did a little like um, paper towel and I dried it out and then I did a wet damp paper towel to right. do the whole cleaning. Well, the problem is that somewhere in one of the little empty spaces in the right guide on my space bar, there's a little bit of sugars that oh. I can tell. And so I've just got a real sticky, mushy space bar, which is the worst key to have not right, work properly. You probably use that more than any other single key. Yeah. For for video games, you always have to use a space bar right. without fail. Um, I think with almost no exceptions. And right. uh, when you're typing, yeah, you you use the space bar key constantly. Right. I don't know if it would be used more often than like the most common letter key, like the E key. They might be a similar but I th I'd imagine that you use the space bar more than any other key. Right, right. And so, unfortunately, I've been in there with the Q-tip uh, with water, and that's supposed to work, and then I'm doing it with isopropyl alcohol. And I can, when I really get in there with the Q-tip, I can make it work fine for a while. Right. Um, while there's a little bit of that isopropyl alcohol or well, water in there. Because it's moist. It's in yeah, solution, I'm, and it's not blocking Yeah, it. so I'm making I'm making the sugar solution, but when it dries out again, I, I'm not able to get the sugars seemingly out of the actual place. So I need to start looking at um, 
taking maybe some more extreme measures to clean out my keyboard. So or, if what? anybody if anybody has good uh, mechanical keyboard cleaning uh, advice, hit me up because well, I am in need of it. I, I think maybe just over time, if you keep on doing that, that'll be enough. Because what's happening is when you put water or isopropyl alcohol, you're putting in solution, sugar in solution. Hopefully a little evaporate. Some of it, it. Or some of it comes, it dilutes it enough that some of it that's still on the Q-tip comes out. Yeah. And then as it evaporates, it crystallizes again. And then each time you do, there's just a little bit less sugar. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working on that. And so the other thing is that my keyboard smells um, more than you would expect of apple rhubarb now. What does rhubarb even smell like? I don't Does know. it smell like something? Like, I don't to know me, if rhubarb smells... Rhubarb, to me... I, all right, so this is something I never understood. I mean, is rhubarb... Does it... Is it tasty in and of itself, or was it originally meant as a filler so there'd be bulk because it's strawberries nice, are so It's got a expensive. nice, like, tart flavor. I have friends who have eaten raw rhubarb, actually. Really? Yeah, like, they just take a stick of rhubarb out from their garden, they wash it off nice, they cut off the end, and they just chew on it like that. Do they? Do they like other kinds of... I guess sort of that sour kind of tart taste. Do you like pickles? They must like pickles then. I don't, I don't they know. They like, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And aren't rhubarb leaves supposed to be poisonous too? Well, they don't eat the leaves. It's a stalk. Yeah, no, no, I know. But as a food, it's interesting to me whenever you just, like the fact that somebody discovered. That they couldn't eat one part, but they kept trying with the other parts. <laughs> yes. until, like found something that they could. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there we go. We have our next question. Um, from Leorio uh, Paradonite. Not sure. Uh, yeah. As always, let us know in the comments how to pronounce it. And they said, can we get an age reveal, though? Everyone's been asking. I'm growing curious. So you were saying before we started filming, when you say everyone has been asking. I think one other person has commented. Yeah. Uh, age reveal is a very specific piece of information. Right. Um, I'll, I'll give two pieces of information, uh, which is that I we live in Canada and I have not told you about any illegal activity so far in this video. So I'm in university and I'm of legal drinking age. And I right. think that's enough general information. I'm in Canada. Right. I'm in university. I'm in the normal years that you would be an undergrad in university. Right. Uh, and I am of legal drinking age in Canada, but not legal drinking age in America. So I right. think that narrows it down actually pretty significantly. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. What's the legal age in drinking? 21, in? most places. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. So. I, that it's been, oh, here's my clue. It's been a long time since I've had to worry about that. It's been a long time since I've been carded. <laughs> well, the the other the other clue for your age is that you were my biological father. This is so true. So you're, you're at least. I, I guess there's some sort of physical limitations to that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's an interesting question to me. So I always understood when people would ask about... Uh, what our relationship was, which, cause we were pretty careful about not talking about that for the first yeah. few years of this. And you go back early enough and the difference between our voices, uh, right. Would it would, it, I think there would have, it would have almost been potentially questionable with the, the clear gap in our age. If we weren't in some way like familially related Right. To be right. doing this YouTube channel. Somebody's so That's clearly true. so much younger. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and when people want to know more information about us, um, like maybe who we are or what we do in that. So I, I understand too, only because it, it flushes out sort of the idea of when people listen to us o over time, right? Yeah. They feel like they're getting to know us. And part of getting to know us is knowing more about us more than just our ideas. But some, in some ways, I feel like actually the, the fact that we're talking as much as we do about things that we 
believe, understand, uh, that matter to us yeah. is in some ways more revealing oh, than giving like those hard absolutely. biological details. It's, it's more revealing, details. but not in a way that lets somebody do like identity fraud on us. Yeah. Because the problem is with our like specific ages or like our birthdays or whatever, it just feels like getting closer to like doxing ourselves. And it's not yeah. that I expect anybody on this channel to, well, first off, nobody knows their real identity, so it doesn't really matter anyways. Right. But it just feels like a bad idea um, to no. give information that doesn't sort of naturally uh, make sense. Yeah. Um, so, I, I like actually Leorio, if you're, if you're even a little bit interested, I would really be um, interested in talking to you about what you think... Or like, give give us a good argument for why why you want to know that as opposed to something else. I I, I mean, this Q and A long ago stopped being about asking like factual questions and more about just like a discussion kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, right? I'll I'll soften it a little bit from an argument. Yeah, but just your your personal like, because we'll answer we'll answer questions on what we believe in a lot of other stuff. Yeah, is knowing why you sort of want that extra piece of information about our age is interesting, and I think. Because I've been interested in that kind of stuff for people. Right. I know I've definitely looked up like what an, like an actor or actress's age is in different things, right? And those like weird pieces of information. And I don't know if I could answer uh, confidently why I want that information. So I don't know if like there is a clear answer for that. No, that, yeah, I, I don't think there necessarily is either. I'm just curious if somebody can maybe this is a challenge maybe to articulate it because it's a, it's just an interesting kind of thing to me. It's like the rhubarb leaves, right? Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to hear about what other people's uh, motivations are because here's the thing. I think for the longest time, I mean less so now, but for the longest time, this channel did not rely on our personalities. I don't think a lot of it was, uh, you know, like the old style. Uh, guides for games, but yeah. in our case, like a lot of informational, yeah, glitch stuff. Yeah. So it's it's just um, I'm curious. Yeah. So it's, it's the same way you are. You're growing curious. Yeah. So that's that. I think. Yeah. Our next question comes from Ali Tariq, and they say, so far the new fifty two, she is the most powerful in game. Question mark. Question mark. So that's new fifty two Wonder Woman. Right. Speaking about. Right. Um. I, I'm going to say probably not by a, lo a lot of different measures, right? As a solo card, she's not the best. Um, if you don't have your the ability to choose exactly what gear out of all the options, she's definitely not. She's got specific a very specific use case. Yeah. And she's really good there. But I will think that I that she's, to me, she's one of the best teammates if you're going to be picking the Justice League people. Yeah. I, I will say that in terms of necessary support teammates, she has the broadest uh, number of other people that she is a incredible addition to. I think there are some people who are really good support teammates because the developers specifically said, this team is the team for things right. like Red Sun, right? Yeah. Flashpoint. Flashpoint Batman. Yeah. And for how broad it is justice league teammates ha have the widest variety of people that you can put her with and have her be a crazy good teammate right 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 um and just to give you a sense i mean if you could find somebody who could cover non non justice league teammates the way she does where 
because of the, the way the game started, right? So before Tantu Totem existed, if you don't have Tantu Totem, I think, it makes it almost impossible to make her good because there's lots of other gears where you can increase power gen. There's other gears where you have um, power as you tag in. Yeah. Um, Master's Death Cart, uh, Razgul Scimitar, um, Batgirl. They all give you a power. They all can give you power right at the beginning. But it's a combination of getting the power and getting it back again if you knock out your opponent. That lets you, and, and to get it again if you do zero damage. Yeah. That makes her so much better. It's why I get excited. Excuse me. That's <coughs> why I get excited when I see the opponent with Astro Harness. Because yeah. I know I have a good chance of giving my teammates three bars of power each. Mm-hmm. Like, that's spectacular. And in a game where specials do way more damage than anything else, right? At, at one point, basics were better. Um, but when specials do so much more damage and it's so easy to generate power and she can leverage that. Her passive lets her leverage the Master's Death Cart and Tantu Totem. It's brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything better. That's why it's so much fun playing with um, uh, Man of Steel on the Justice League team. And why if we run out of footage at the end of this, I'm going to stick in a couple of fights where not only do you get to see Wonder Woman do a bunch, but then you get to see Man of Steel come in and do a bunch of special ones and you team you, you um, give him Claw of Horus. What he's doing, he's basically stripping away all the all the gears on the other team, and it makes it mm-hmm. even that much more satisfying because they're just what would have been sort of scary ends up being inconsequential. Yeah, yeah. I want to say not at this exact time, but this is around the point where we're passing Elden Rhodes, uh, sorry, Elden Roses. Uh, guess <laughs> all right, one down for the time, and we're coming up on Super Slade. Yeah, all right. So there we go. Uh, we have. Our next comment, which is from Gabriel Poras, and they say, I'll finally be able to try out pretty much all your teams. And then two exclamation marks, which is, you know, valid excitement. Because that is an important milestone in Injustice when you reach a level where you can start messing around with almost everything that the game has to offer. I think that this is the biggest joy of the game. I think when you start, right, so it's it's a collecting game, which makes it a grinding game, and it's a fighting game. Yeah. And it is, in a lot of ways, the collecting game first. You have to spend so much time, and because of all the different kinds of events, right, challenges, multiplayer seasons, um, where there's exclusive uh, gears and characters, Yeah, that you have to spend a huge amount of time being a slave to the schedule of the game instead of getting to play it exactly when you want, when you have the time available. Like even when you're not, when you don't have time, you want to get the daily bonuses. You want to make sure you hit the phantom zone as many times. You want to hit um, survivor to get all the augmentations and stuff. There's a real grind there. I mean, yeah, they've done and it. And th- every time you get money, you got four different things you want to spend it on. Right. And they've done a, a lot of things to make it really interesting. Right. So that you don't lose interest in it. Like it's still, the, the you can still make progress and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But man, it is a, an absolute joy when you can treat it more like a sandbox and you get to experiment with different teams. And when you have an idea, oh, I wonder if this would be cool. You just get to do it instead of having to think about something and then delay your gratification for weeks or months, depending on when something comes around again or how long it takes to build up resources to do it, like the whatever, whether it's nth metal power credits or whatever. Yeah. This is welcome, Gabriel to the 
best part of the game, which is sort of the end game, but it's not... I, I was going to say it's not really, but it technically is because of lack of updates for as long as it's been. Yeah. That now it is close to the end of the game where you've got pretty much everything that you want or need. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah. No, I just... No no answer there. No question either. But uh, I'd be happy... I'd be love to hear when people have actually... I, I like the questions better when somebody who has the team already and they they're thinking about what to do with them and they've already got some ideas yeah as opposed to i mean it's not bad to to theorize about what something could do but um it's not nearly as fun because then yeah the well the person's theorizing they don't actually get to go out and try it out after that yeah yeah so you're you only get sort of half the equation right right absolutely but it is it is aspirational so i guess there's a certain joy in that in reaching for something that you don't have yet, but know that eventually you will. Yeah, that's true. Agreed. So there we go. Uh, our next comment comes from Sun Gaku, and they say, I have a Flashpoint Batman at Elite Four. Is it worth spending the 500000 to promote him to seven? That seems cheap. Maybe, maybe Sun Gaku? Is it, it feels like it should be like... like it's a, is a play on words. Goku does Gaku mean something know. else? I'd like to know if you're if you're listening to the Sun. Um, so I'm guessing they have two copies already. Yeah, like two copies they haven't used, and it'd be going to Elite Seven. I think to me the short answer is no, but it, there's a there's a small qualifier. I think it's possible that it might be worth doing it. Um, I mean, what are you? What's no, your but maybe. <laughs> no, but maybe. Uh, probably not. Is I guess the right answer. Um, I mean, you see on our teams, right, that we're fighting, it's uh, E5, it's more than enough to get maximum battle points. Yeah. It, it uh, We face, like, guys that are way harder, but because of the team makeup, it's still not it's still not a tough fight. And for grinding multiplayer, um, you, have, you face less astral harnesses, and so you're not wasting a lot of time when you want to grind for really good uh, reward at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So... The amount of credits that you're going to spend is that you could, uh, I mean, maybe you've got everything else. I mean, we, we do. We've got everything else. We've spent all the credits we need to maximize our gears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now we're just working our way up to enough credits to get auto banned. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, but it, it, the number is high enough that it'd probably be impossible, but yeah. it would be very funny. It would be yeah. horribly sad, but almost funny. Yeah. Uh, the biggest argument for promoting somebody high to the point where your matchups in fit uh, in multiplayer. I was gonna say, I was thinking MP, and I don't know why I wanted to say Facebook because I was in my mind I was picturing the M and the P and the F and the B. And yeah. I don't know. My mind is just going on me. It's been a long day. So what's funny is that I've been doing a lot of reading about Facebook today. Oh yeah, so, what yeah. for? Uh, for a project that I'm doing. Oh okay, I want to hear about that actually. Okay. So the only time I think it's really worth promoting somebody that high is in single player. When you want to finish the game, you want to get the credits for it, you want to just have the sense of completion, uh, then it makes a lot of sense. However, if you're using Flashpoint Batman to do that, you don't even need him to Elite 7. I think Elite 5 would be more than enough mm-hmm. to take on the game. So I think if... So I guess here's the thing. If you want to break him through to... Elite 10, level 6, then maybe it makes sense. Um, if, if that's sort of a goal that you have in mind, 
because Survivor uh, scales up to your your team, it's not necessary or even advisable to get them up higher. Mm -hmm. Although you know what? Now that I I say it out loud, I think maybe there's a possibility because all right. So here here's the thing: they gear them up. Sorry, they uh, scale up to your team, right? Yeah. So he scales up a little bit, but his damage scales up way more than his damage actually than his attack stat actually does. Yeah. So you could make the argument that because you get way more benefit out of um out of the promotion because they've got that extra they used to call it what was that thing that they call it for the extra critical damage? Um destructive blows. Yeah. Then maybe the separation between you and the highest levels of the uh in survivor isn't as big, but I mean, there's just, a, there's still enough of a gap. I feel like it's not, it's still not worth it. Yeah. So maybe if you needed 500,000 promoted to five, but to seven and eh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Mm -hmm. Would not advise it. So there we go. Uh, we've passed super Slade's guest, by the way, and we're coming up quickly on Drake Pendergrins, just a couple yeah. minutes off there. Yep. So we've got our next set of comments. Uh, first one comes from Smoke and Foreman, and they say, What elite level is good for New 52 Wonder Woman when playing multiplayer battles? And then that includes a reply from Puneet Gulati, which says, I guess it would depend on your team. An elite 10 level 60 Batman wouldn't go with an elite 0 Wonder Woman. Sorry, go well with an elite 0 Wonder Woman. I think for this particular case, the team should have similar levels so as to make the best use of her. Feel free to provide any differing opinion. Right, right. I think it's a good answer. It touches on all the things. I mean, it's not exactly how we would have said it, but... Yeah, it's it's quicker than how we would have said it, though. That's true. So we like to ramble a bit. Um, it, it it matters so much who else you've got, right? Because because she's so flexible, you can use her with any Justice League. Like Flashpoint Batman, for example, he's Batman still. And yeah. so he would benefit from her passive. Yeah, so the main thing is that because she's broad, for most of your teams, right? For, for Flashpoint, for example... It's very clear what all your other Flashpoint characters are at. And yeah. for somebody like New 52 Wonder Woman, the main difference is that because it's all Justice League characters, right. there's way more people that you have to consider. So what you really need to do is look at all of the other Justice League characters you have, figure out who's already in sort of sets of three for their team right, right. Uh, in your mind, and then who sort of... You've got two people that you think should be a great third person to. Yeah. And you have to make a bit of a value judgment based off of uh, what teams you're going to be taking her into online multiplayer for. Yeah. And you want to sort of elite her to be up there with your the team that you think you're going to use her most often with. Yeah. And then ideally uh, also have that flexibility where she's in around that same mode for a lot of your other Justice League characters too. So that if you wanted to in a pinch, you could put her in uh, a wider variety of teams. And I think to make a finer point on that, if you, if anybody on the team is going to be stronger than anybody else, it should be Wonder Woman, only because the way we play her, she's a special specialist, but she's also generating power for everybody else. And if you've got her with Tanty Totem, you want her to be strong enough to knock out your opponents. Yeah. You do not want her to be the weakest, where she's not gonna, actually going to be able to um, get her power back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm just trying to think, what else... It really has less to do with the levels because when you're talking about elite ten, elite ten level sixty, Batman, it could be anywhere from the Batman Prime to Flashpoint Batman, and that's a big gap mm -hmm. in base stats. So, 
if you want to match her up with an Elite 10 level 60 Batman, if it's Batman Prime, Elite 5 is enough. Yeah. Um, uh, and if you're going to be using... Oh, there's going to be lots of... Um, after... You're going to see marks all over the screen because I'm I, as much as... Um, I, I care a lot less now than I did a few years ago. I'm not really that interested in doxing myself. So every once in a while, the, it, even doing using software to do it and using tracking software, it still doesn't blur it nearly enough. So um, your face keeps popping out of the... In and out, in and out. Blur, this is yeah. true. Um, so I might actually be doing a little bit more post-production. It was, it was a good... It seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. And it feels like less of a good idea now because of uh, how much work has been involved and how much trouble. But I guess the, the thing is, it, like with any other um, software stuff, the, the, as you learn, uh, part of it's, it might be a lot of time spent on this project that I didn't intend, but hopefully I'll be able to use it and apply it in the future in a way that, that pays off a bit, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you get comfortable with other software, yeah. you develop a little bit of expertise with it. Like you did with um, Photoshop. Yeah. We were Still playing... not good at Photoshop, but... <laughs> but it was worth playing around with it, right? Like it was a bit yeah. of time. It was almost fun until it was not <laughs> fun anymore. It was mostly fun. Yeah? All right. I don't, think, I don't think I ever did Photoshop stuff that wasn't at all fun. Right. Except right. for maybe stuff for school. Right. But that's, you know, there's some value there that it's not supposed to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. I think we talked enough about that for something that Puneet answered almost instantly. Yeah, um, yeah. Our next comment comes from Apple V1, and they say, Hey guys, I don't play Injustice anymore, but I do listen to the podcast, and recently with COVID taking us out of school, I've been feeling depressed, and hearing you guys always gives me good vibes and makes me feel better. I just want to say that also to keep up the great content, and I hope you guys are doing well. So this is, this is a great comment. I want to also point out, um, in our script version of this, uh, we don't get to see the user's uh, profile picture. Right. But uh, Apple V1's profile picture is um, a picture of one of those, like, costumes, I say, with, like, air quotes, um, of somebody who's cut armholes and drawn eyes on a big Amazon box. <laughs> and is, oh, uh, I did not know that. Sending, like, a, like, a beetle or some sort of other quadruped. Yeah. I just want to say that I um, made that costume for myself at one point after seeing it online um my my friend one of my friends uh got like a big big amazon box and we went over to his house me and a couple of other people uh printed out these really big like anime style eyes and then just right. sort of um packing taped it to the front and then cut the arm holes out and put me in that <laughs> and i remember that that was a pretty <laughs> For the amount of effort uh, that went into it, it was a pretty uh, impactful uh, outfit. <laughs> it was uh, quite fun. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, uh, getting to the actual content of the comment itself. Yeah, uh, we we always appreciate that. And we, I, I think the, the, we're always, I'm always surprised that people have had a trajectory that takes them away from Injustice, but not away from our channel. Mm. And yes. I'm always That's a good way to put it. glad when anybody and you know even if people you know, will move away from injustice and maybe stop watching for a while and come back or whatever but it's just it's interesting and i always really appreciate uh extra when people don't care about what we're talking about some of the time 
right. even, uh, but are still willing to come back and listen to us because they appreciate sticking with us. It feels like there's a certain amount of liking what we do over just liking uh, exactly what we're talking about. Or, right. And I, I, you know, I think that's cool. So it's a nice comment. We like hearing right. stuff like this. So the cool right. news is now we've both made each other feel better. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, there's a little yeah, bit of that re- reciprocal uh, positivity. Yeah. And yeah, no, I, I like the way this is phrased. It's cool. And I think we're using this maybe as just a jumping point, jumping yeah. off point to talk about. Well, the question was there, right? So I yeah. um, uh, hope you guys are doing well. That's not in the way language works. It's it's a comment, but it's sort of a question, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's there's an implied question there. So how are you guys doing? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I'm absolutely 100% grateful that despite the pandemic... Um, I still got a job Yeah, and it's, uh, we haven't been hit particularly, I'm, I'm trying to think it feels, well, that's not entirely true. There was a time there, um, when there were people that we needed to visit that we couldn't yeah. and we've had a death in the family that was not directly related to COVID, but was definitely made worse by it. Yeah, it was related to respiratory problems from somebody who got and then recovered from COVID. So that's... That's true. You know. Yeah, it's not nothing. It's it's as close to a directly because of COVID as possible without actually being like somebody dying while they are COVID right. positive. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no. So as I think about it, because part of it, I think there's, there's to me at least, there's I've been... It's almost like an exercise where... I have to choose to remain optimistic and look at the stuff that's actually good. Because if I didn't, man, this would be a pretty, um, and it is for some people a really crappy time. Yeah. And I think it definitely is a worse time for, I don't think there's anybody who this is a better time for, uh, or, and that might not be true. I mean, I guess Amazon. (laughs) Oh, grocery stores. Yeah. Uh, so the, but there's, there's almost nobody who this is a better time for. And so, yeah, I think... Or billionaires. Yeah. Apparently, billionaires have added hugely to their uh, gold hoards mm-hmm. during so the pandemic. So, one of the... We really do speak in comparison, and I think that's the main thing, is that we've been comparatively uh, pretty lucky. Yeah. And uh, part of that is stuff that happened within COVID, uh, and a lot of that has just been our privilege leading up to it before and coming into it and so that's been you know we've we've been better off than other people and i think one of the things that has become increasingly challenging is to continue to be a responsible person Mm. especially when i know um friends or like just people that i know well enough to like follow on some sort of social media platform uh and i see a lot of people being a lot less responsible and I want to be them in the sense that I want to still be doing things. Right. Um, but I can't, it, which isn't to say like anybody stopping me, by the way, there we go. That's for anybody who is, uh, keeping track so of the time. We just you, finished. If you ignore the first two minutes, that's 37 minutes. So yeah. who, who won? Gabriel was closest. Ah, about 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. If we're, you, if we're doing prices, right rules and Drake won because it didn't go over. Right. But if we're just doing closest, Gabriel won. And I think we are just doing closest. So yeah. it's Gabriel first place for the guests and then uh, Drake second. But yeah. So um, I you see people going out and like hanging out with friends in yeah. person. And, yeah. you know, there was uh, a couple days earlier 
uh, in the summer, actually, before this semester started, where I got freshly COVID tested and a couple of my friends freshly got COVID tested. And with our not going out and seeing anybody in between right. getting the swab and getting the result back, and then like a day after getting the result back, we went out uh, camping. Right. Right. So I have been able to do some stuff. Right. Um, but because we have uh, some interaction with the outside world in terms of like work, mm-hmm. people going into work, um, we don't really bubble and it's just our household and right, right. Uh, without breaking social distancing, I don't see anybody else. And so I think that has definitely been challenging and mm-hmm. it's, it's harder to be doing what is objectively the right thing and then seeing other people uh, doing what is less responsible, but that I know I would be having a better time. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so that's that's a sort of separate level of challenge. And it sucks because the behavior that other people are taking is something that is means that it's going to be lo- even longer for me to get that. So I'm seeing other people do what I wish I was doing. And because they're out doing it, I uh, know it's going to be longer before I'm going to be able to do the same thing. It feels like there's a lack of justice, right? Yeah. That that not only is it going to make it harder for you, but at the same token, you don't really want them to get sick. But it seems unfair because the the risk isn't 100%, but there's a non-zero risk. Yeah. And there's a good chance they won't have to suffer directly yeah, it's, for it. It's a collective action problem where the type of thing that they're doing is what's creating the issue. And it's their attitude and people with their attitude yeah. that continues the issue, um, even if they as an individual never get sick. But it's the underlying... So I, I know this is a mentality I had a lot more when I was younger, is that there's... When people aren't following the rules, yeah, there should be some consequence. Yeah, And a lot of times in a pandemic where despite the fact that our hospitals are getting overwhelmed, the number of people who are getting sick is still relatively small. Yeah. That there's a good chance nothing will happen to them. They'll just get to be bad people. Then we'll have the vaccine available. Then, uh, you know, 80% of people will get vaccinated minus the 20% of anti-vaxxers. And the anti-vaxxers won't have to suffer because we'll have all taken the bullet, bit the bullet, taken mm-hmm. the needle to protect them. And yeah. um, I don't know. It just, again, it's that whole, it, it feels a little bit unjust. Yeah. Uh, speaking of unjust, I hadn't told you about this. Uh, so you're hearing this for the first time. I actually have a friend, um, my friend and her partner uh, both got COVID. Actually, oh. Just today. And they... People I know? Um... You don't have to you'll know right? you'll know one of them, I think. Right. Okay. Um. But anyways, and they were totally responsible. Yeah. Um. The my my friend doesn't go out like basically at all. Right. Uh. And the partner uh also has been responsible, but the partner uh works at a children's bookstore. Oh. And so it's likely that uh they got sick from somebody at their job and people who ha- were out and working it's so hard because there's a subset of people yeah. who are bad at uh staying safe they're yeah. bad at wearing a mask they don't care they're going out and seeing people and they and when you work in a store you can't choose to not interact with those people right you you aren't able to distance yourself from them uh right. whereas if they're like you know your friends you just go no i'm not going to see you 
right? right and right. Uh, like, I'm not even going to try to hang out with you, even if you say it's going to be distance, because I know it's not going to end up. If somebody's not wearing their mask properly in a store, like even, you know, telling them to get out when you notice that right. they're in, right? right. There's, right. there's a huge amount of sort of exposure just for being forced into the same space as they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and having to deal with that for like an entire shift instead of like the amount of time that you spend in a grocery store getting groceries for yourself right. is really challenging. So yeah, there, um, I know people firsthand who are now victims of somebody else who is sick going out, right? right? right. And probably not taking proper measures, right? Yeah. Like that person either wasn't wearing a mask or wasn't wearing a mask properly or was like, you know, something happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, uh, you know, okay. it's quite unfortunate. I, I don't even know why this is occurring to me right now, but if you're, I was, tr- I've always, I've been trying to think of analogies, right? When we talk about, you know, cause you see, hear a lot of those arguments cause it, part of it is a tragedy where you're talking about where people do everything that they, they possibly can, what's available yeah. to us now to try to stay safe. And it's a lot like getting pregnant. So when you don't want to get pregnant, um, you're focused on the failure rates of the different options that you have. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, even being 90% good is still not that good Yeah, when you don't want to get pregnant. On the other hand, when you want to get pregnant, the times where you can't, or sorry, the times that you can't when you actually want to, or if you're going to be irresponsible about it, there's a lot of times where people just do, still don't get pregnant when you're, you know, yeah. you're not actually taking precautions. It's um, it's still not a great analogy because the argument I always hear because yeah, only one half. I don't think there's anybody who wants to get COVID. Yeah, well, it's it's that um, it's the, I guess I'm still struggling with. So that obviously didn't work. But when people make the argument that um, well, your your, your masks aren't going to protect you, and it's true, they they don't protect very much, but they're sort of what we've got. Yeah, and um, when people so when people aren't careful. They still get the good outcome, and then when people are careful, they still get the bad outcome sometimes. Yeah, um, and I don't know what I'm talking about. It just <laughs> no, it, it was an interest. I appreciate Apple V1 saying that, and it's it's. I, I think I don't allow myself the opportunity to be negative because I I know that we're in a bit of a marathon, and I feel like in some ways that if I just let myself. Um, open myself up to feeling like crap. Yeah. That it's, it's that kind of, um, it's a bit of a spiral. There's the idea of rumination, right? Sure. Where it's okay to acknowledge it. And especially if you are in a position where it is negatively affecting you to the point where you need support or would benefit from support. Right. Cause I think need is a loaded word too. Right. It sort of gates it off where there's a certain amount of like, doing poorly where it's like, well, I don't need support, you know? Right. Right. Um, but cause everybody needs it to some degree and the, yeah. So there's, there's being able to acknowledge it when you need support and what you need. And then there's sort of stewing in it when there's really not anything you can do about it. And I think for different people also different stuff helps them. Right. right, right. For some people, um, talking about your feelings, uh, and talking about sort of little changes and sort of staying actively, uh, consciously in touch with where you're at yeah. is very helpful. And for some people, uh, that sort of emotional suppression um, and just, you know, if you're not thinking about it, you're not doing poorly. So not thinking about it and making, not making an active effort, but being trained enough 
yeah. in not in not taking stock of all the reasons you have for feeling away means that you don't actually feel that way. Yeah, because I, I think th- there's going to be an end. Yeah. I, f- I felt from the very beginning that if we were going to learn any lessons from history, it's that what we were looking at was probably going to be a year and a half, maybe yeah. a couple years. Because compared to, say, the... Because the, it's been a year since the first case now. Yes. Uh, the Right, in the world? Maybe yeah. November? No, it has been. It's been a year since the first case in Wuhan. Oh, was it? Okay, so yeah. I, I I didn't even... Like I was a week more, ago or something. I was thinking more along the lines of locally, so I was thinking like from last year, like February. Yeah. Um, but no, okay. So that what we're looking at, you know, when you compare it to the, the flu pandemic of... Uh, I was going to say 2018, of 1918. Yeah. Um, that It took them a couple years, right? Before they were actually get, able to get past it. And what they didn't have was as good a plan of flattening the curve or the possibility of vir- or vaccines coming. I was going to say viruses coming. But vaccines coming. <laughs> yeah. Then um, we're looking at a year and a half, maybe two years mm-hmm. of um, trouble. Yeah. And I think I, I'm ready to let myself look back on it and think, man, that was really crap when we're past it. I, I feel like if I started giving into that now, it would just be too easy to, to see all the all the negatives. And I think that was the weird thing about just taking stock a little bit and thinking, okay, I feel like we're doing pretty good. We've been staying positive. And it's not true, actually, that it's all been pretty good because we lost somebody. Yeah. Um, and it's been... It's hard. It's been a ride, you know? Yeah. Like, it's been... It's been... Yeah. Yeah, I think the one sort of good thing... Uh, quickly, when I was talking about how different people are benefited in different ways, that's one of the more interesting things, actually, that I feel like I've not necessarily learned in um, university because it wasn't ever, like, a direct message of my class, I don't think explicitly, but um, sort of reading between the lines when you look at different methods of emotional regulation, like, there's a lot of people who talk about, like, it's better to talk about your feelings. And I think there are places... Um, in almost everybody's life where it is beneficial to talk about your feelings, um, but that everybody has different methods and uh, of coping with stuff. And the reason why it's better to talk about your feelings is what people mean is it's better to talk about your feelings when you know you're overwhelmed already. But for people who are actually good at, uh, and it's very low effort to uh, either like emotionally suppress or just uh, put thoughts out of their mind, Yeah. Um, when you're not... As long as there's not like an underlying symptom that you are not addressing, and you've got to be good at it, yeah. Like if you're not good at it, and all you do is refuse to talk to people when then, you should be yeah, talking, then to people. it just takes your right. it takes effort, it takes active effort, and you're not actually addressing anything. But it, again, as long as you're not, there's not any underlying symptoms that you're not, or underlying causes for you feeling the way that you are, yeah. that you can't address because you're not thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and as long as it's not taking too much active effort, it's totally a good strategy to just not think about stuff. Yeah. That's and it's a. Uh, entirely valid emotional coping mechanism as long as you're not harming anybody else or yourself by doing it. Yeah, I think the the po- there's the, the problem with that is that there's a really good chance of harming yourself, even if you're not necessarily aware of it, right? So if yeah. it means that you're waking up a bunch of times at night, if it means that you are uh, feeling tired all the time, if you're starting to get some of the symptoms of depression, right? Yeah. You, your appetite is bad, um, you're, you're feeling tired, you're having trouble concentrating, those are signs, especially if you're having thoughts of harming yourself or hurting yourself or you're having trouble finding joy in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, those absolutely people, I'm going to strongly recommend that you get some help. Reach out to somebody. 
mm-hmm. who you trust, whose opinion you value, who, and I guess one of the things that I do want to point out too is that one of the reasons why people don't want to reach out is that they don't want to be a burden to other people. Yeah. And I think that if there are any, if you, if there's anybody in your life who cares about you, then it would be more of a burden to them to know that you needed or that you could have benefited from their support and you didn't reach out for them. Yeah. And and I think people are worried about introducing sort of negative emotions into somebody else's life Mm -hmm. with this stuff too. And I think one of the things that's hard is that like when people are sad, when you tell them that you've been doing badly, they're sad because of a thing that was already true and they're just being made aware of it. Right. right? And they're sad because they care about you. They're not sad because you're telling them. Right. Right. You're not, um, you're not making them sad by telling them you, Mm -hmm. it is, it is sad. The thing that you are going through that they are now aware of. Um, but it, yeah, I, I think anybody who would care about you would yeah. rather know and rather be accessible to you in whatever form that they can be than right. to let you just keep going on. So this would normally be part where we direct you to local resources, right? If you're feeling like you're overwhelmed and you need help. Yeah. Because I think our audience is relatively large and broad. Um, I'm just going to say just you. there is always, always some sort of help that's available to you. Mm -hmm. It's only a couple of clicks away or a quick um, search. Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't, um, don't, don't isolate yourself from the help that's available to you. There we go. Yeah. And I guess just to finish up talking about this too, just the last thing with Apple is that we're, glad if there's anybody that listening to us yeah uh is helpful for we're really glad to be able to be that for for anybody for however many people knowing that there's at least one is cool so thank you so much for the comment yeah Yeah. really appreciate it thank you very much apple yeah and so there we go i think that's a nice uh point to end it on actually so we've got some people that we want to say some words to uh, so this space, which was normally reserved for a shout out to Elisa Caton, is today going to be used as a moment to remember the Garfield themed restaurant, uh, Garfield Eats. Uh, it had an app with games and videos for some reason. Uh, it had Garfield shaped pizzas. It had lasagnas. And it was cut down before its time, cruelly, uh, no longer serving the streets of Toronto uh, because the landlord says that they stopped paying their rent and got locked out. And the person who owns Garfield Eats says that the landlord was terrible. Um, so <laughs> I guess you can believe who this you want. This is me puzzled. All right, um, so okay. Who you want with that. And I think we might end up talking more about Garfield Eats uh, next episode because there's there's a lot of fun stuff there. Yeah. Um, but, but for now, we'll just take a moment to <laughs> To remember the Garfield-themed uh, restaurants that we lost along right, the way. Right. Um, and we'd also like to give a huge thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. So that is Consul Peasant and Ed Woon, who are supporting us at the highest last word tier. Muhammad Al-Shady at the Your Message Here tier. Um, the, I For some reason, I felt like I said tier wrong. And I know <laughs> I didn't. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, let me finish up. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Maul, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irvin Ruiz, and Eddie Du, who support us on the credited level. And Chris Wolf, Scarlett Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malot, and new this week is Isfar E at the gratitude level. Yeah, so there we go. Thank you so much for all your support. 
uh, not just to our patrons, but to any of you for whatever way you engage with our channel. And if you're, you know, watching up to this point, even just watching through our whole videos. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.